Hello and welcome to another episode of the It Depends podcast by Clear Function. I'm here with David Mahindra. Hey, how's it going? Ben Robin. Hello. And Daniel Pritchett. Hey, Jesse. Thanks. And you are? Jesse Brown. Okay, great. Today, I think we're going to talk about conferences. Just, I guess, developer or tech-related conferences, probably. All right. Under the broader envelope or umbrella of learning and continuing your education and owning your education. Mm-hmm. How about that? How do you normally go about choosing a conference? Oh, man. Uh, it really depends on my mood and how much time I have available one year to the next. Some years I've really just wanted to go to a conference because I'm curious or I like the location or the people. Other times I want to submit a talk. I'd really like to get to go to a destination conference. Last few years, it's mostly been regional things that are fairly close to what I'm doing on a day-to-day basis, which probably the right way to do it. What's the most out there conference you've gone to that isn't in your like wheelhouse of? I can't think of going to anything really bonkers. You didn't uh, just like go to like a Pearl conference or anything one day. I've done hackathons. I've done bar camp type things years ago, but they were all local. Okay. Haven't been anything really bonkers that required a long car trip. Does Python count? Okay, so I've been to Pi Tennessee two years in a row as a speaker, and I haven't done much Python in the last decade or so. But I try to make it fun. <laughs> nice. There's, there, there's a wide variety out there, though. You know, you've got there's lots of regional conferences, although you probably won't hear about them unless you know where to listen. You know, like uh, in the Tennessee area where we are, uh, there's quite a few around but if you don't know if you don't know some of the people in the area and you're mm-hmm. sort of just interested then maybe it's hard for you to find out but there's also the ones that get a lot of buzz would probably be the you know the national ones right. the ones that you're going to be dropping a lot of money to go to you know um, yeah like the so, builder the rails conf yeah, yeah, that's what yeah. I meant by destination conference. They right. tend to be like 500 up for one ticket plus airfare yeah, and a hotel yeah. so for instance, I, when I go to Pi, Tennessee, I think it's like fifty dollars a ticket plus a hotel yeah. room might be one or two hundred a night. But if you're talking about one of the big ones across the country, you could be looking at three, four, five thousand ahead just oh, for a week. Easily, and they yeah. tend to be a week of all day, every day. Yeah, yeah. I've never done one of those. I think Jesse has. Anybody else? Yeah, we yeah, we Jesse went together. Both yeah. got to go to build what that? Oh man, 2011. Probably. Something like that. Something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Close, close to them. We went to, I think it was either the first or second build. Uh, like you said, they're really expensive, and they try to make you feel better by giving you some really cheap hardware. Uh, it was the one point. where Windows 8 was announced, and we all got to walk away with a tablet, like, with a tablet that was, you know, with a early, early version of uh, Windows 8. But cool. I remember resetting it like 100 times because it was like such a beta build yeah. on, the, on that laptop. Like, random things wouldn't work, like the keyboard syncing and everything. It was just... He was uh it was it was entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> entertaining. That's yeah. I can sort of relate just on from the the news perspective is I see when I'm reading Hacker News or whatever, I'll see Google I.O. reports come out like right. all over the place, a million a day, and people get really bogged down talking about whatever free cell phone they got. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, as someone who's not <clears throat> going and only a little bit curious, I'm like, I don't need to hear about all the free Google stuff that they're giving away for the conference. Yeah. Yeah, it's all Maybe marketing, right? Right. I mean, it's when the marketing people got into the uh, the conferences, I guess, that that started happening. Because yeah. so, also been to WWDC as well, and yeah. so that's a, that's a rather large conference. Wow. Um, and now they do lottery, right? You used mm-hmm. to, you just had to be fast. Um, now you have to be lucky. <laughs> that's so, better, right? 
Uh, well, I don't know. Before it was expensive, but it didn't sell out like in like a couple hours. Yeah. It was like you had a couple days, and now it's like within minutes, all the tickets are gone. Mm. Wow. I've never even tried one of those. Uh, so, do you think they're straddling the line between conference and trade show? Because I'm curious how that even happens. Not why are really. so many people excited? Are there just individuals who are wanting someone else to pay for it so they can get a free cell phone? Or why is there so much demand for WWDC? WWDC, I think, is a little different because they do do a press conference sort of at the beginning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of times, I think they set themselves up for this by announcing hardware occasionally okay. at these. Mm-hmm. And so they'd be right. like, oh, yeah, look, here's some new MacBook Pros. And the reason they announced them historically was because this is a developers conference. A big part of their pro pro line, mm-hmm. they sell to developers. And they're mm-hmm. selling okay. to developers to code, Xcode, and all this stuff on yeah. their machines. And so they used to historically do things so then they start passing out press pass right and then now it's just a demo of basically like the os every year right the os changes Which, that that's of. true for a lot of the microsoft ones i think mm-hmm. the, the, the sort of categories you know you, you like you said that uh, daniel the destination conference like mm-hmm. you've got the indus, industry ones you yeah know, where like <laughs> maybe it's uh, microsoft or apple or google some I vendor have. yeah google uh but then you've also got large technology ones rails has one and it's usually different places sometimes right. there's a european branch yeah. Uh, yeah those aren't going to be nearly as if any you know with media but they're still going to be large you're going to be spending a similar amount of money but they're also drawing from across the country right and then i think the the third tier would probably be the regional and uh, in terms of talking tier i wouldn't even say that like you get better value or anything it's more because some of the small regional ones I've been to have been great. Right. <clears throat> yeah, I, I will. I'll counter a little bit. The best conference I've ever been to was WWDC, as far as technical learning is concerned. Hmm. Like they had, and I think a lot of it is they basically boot camp. Like the people that are speaking are almost like probably ninety percent Apple employees, like yeah. engineers, mm-hmm. and they are, and they're not just engineers who had to like take off the day and present. Like they. They boot camp them, sort of like, you know, Steve Jobs sort of thing, where, like, they all have the same slide deck. They're very consistent. They've had, like, speech training. Mm-hmm. And, like, they're actually there to, like, present the topic. Like, and they, they did a really good job of, like, making certain sessions, like, really low level. Yeah. And some of them sort of high level. So they okay. had different tracks, and they had really good tagging on whether it was advanced or not. Yeah. And, uh, and, they're, they're, gotcha. and they're really practical. They were really practical. Like, okay, like... How do you do a table view with like a million items? Like, well, mm-hmm. that seems like a really bad idea. And here's why. And here's how we would work around it instead of just sort of like the, and here's a table view. Like, here's how I render a table item, yeah. you know? Um, so I, for me, that was the best one I ever went on like a technical level. I can see that. Um, SAP does a yearly one called TechEd. I know people have gone to that. And it seems a lot like that. They've got a lot of different levels of training and seminars. It kind of yeah. reminds me, as a contrast, about a decade ago, I did some SAP training that was on site in Philadelphia. And they'd fly us out for a week, and we'd sit in a classroom with this big three-ring binder full of documents, and someone would walk us through how to use this software. And that format didn't really engage me. It's got yeah. me wondering if something with a bit more choice and variety, like a, a yeah. learning conference like that, would work better than just to yeah. sit in one room with the same people for five days sort of seminar thing. Yeah, you get a lot better range, I think, on the smaller ones as far as like range of technology. Like, right. you know, you'll end up having someone who's doing, you know, um, like a, a Daniel presentation of like writing a chat bot, mm-hmm. right? And then you've got someone who's actually doing like 
you know, they'll try to do like a deep learning, machine learning of images processing or something. And so like you normally don't get those sort of things in my experience at like the the builds or the WWDC, you get the the technical levels of like here's how to write like an enterprise, you know, yeah. grade app or website or something like that. So the more playful stuff is less likely to show up with yeah. the big ticket Absolutely. conferences. Yeah. 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 The, the, the value that I've seen from the large conferences is the ability to speak to the people who are working on the technology you're using. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So like, for example, if you're deeply invested in a Microsoft technology, then you will get value because you can talk to the people who are working on it. And now that, I mean, as some of the big industries are starting to open source their code, mm-hmm. you have a lot more visibility, but 10 years ago, even five years ago, the only way you could find out really how some of those things would work is going to a conference like that. And you could sit down with uh, the people who wrote the code you're working with and just present them with problems. And it's, it's easier to do that than, you know, opening some, some sort of support ticket and right. going through things like that. So yeah, getting, getting an engineer's like email address was like the goal sometimes Ooh. of going to one of these, right? You're like, Oh, yeah. I really, I'm really invested in this product and I know so-and-so is speaking there. Like by me going to his thing, I can get his email address yeah. hopefully. And then, you know, talk to him about my ongoing, you know, issue or, or suggestions, you know, that's a really good point you just made about the email. It reminds me a couple of years ago, I did a conference that I got my job to send me to and, it was my idea. I was like, hey, there's a conference. I'd like to go. It's this much. Will you pay for it? And mm. we went back and forth on what am I planning to get out of it to make it worth my time and their money. And that was one of the things. It's like, we're going to network, meet this many people, try to make some business connections, that sort of thing. So do you guys have any kind of pre-conference planning for what you want to get out of one before you get on site? That is a good question. So one of the things that, uh, at least for me, when you're looking at a conference is first, are you going with other people? Because if you have multiple people going and there are multiple tracks, then maybe you want to sort of ahead of time plan out which uh, sessions you want to go to because you can actually spread out some of the knowledge by sending maybe two or three people to one session, two or three to another. And then when you get back from the conference afterwards, you can do some knowledge sharing and sort of present on those things internally. So sort of, you just get a little bit more value. If if everyone goes to the same session, then you can then talk about what you learned afterwards. You sort of need to talk through some of those things. And so just being aware of what's happening and maybe even doing a little bit of research on who the presenter is. Right. uh, Yeah. I've started it a lot more in recent years, like figuring out like, before I walk into a session, trying to figure out who the individual is and and have they presented before, yeah, and things like that. Mostly just because, you know, you only go to these things usually once or twice a year, and so you got to make the most of it. And, you know, I I never feel bad if within the first couple minutes of a session, I'm like either the presenter is not presenting a way that is efficient learning for me, or mm-hmm. that it's clearly like too low level or too high level for than what I expected. Um, so like adequate description in the, in the session talks are really important, but like just leaving, like, uh, you know, leaving and going somewhere else. Like I have a backup one. We all went to a conference last fall in Huntsville and I wanted to ask Ben in particular, uh, what you thought about our process there? Like, what did you like about it? What could we do better next time? what did you think about sharing the conference, like going to the same sessions with your coworkers versus going alone, all that? 
Um, yeah, I'll, I'll say, so you're referring to DevSpace uh, last in year. In Huntsville, Alabama. And, and several of us were, I think this is another important before conference um, thing, maybe that we haven't mentioned yet. Several of us presented at DevSpace. Mm-hmm. I think probably yeah. maybe more than half of our team, or at least half of our team, Close presented it, yeah. uh, at DevSpace in particular. And so before, one of the things we did that I thought was really helpful for me, and I think for others, uh, before the conference was we had lunch and learns to present our talks. And so not only did I yeah, get to learn yeah. about .NET threading from Mo, he got to present it and get feedback from us to improve his talk, to, pr- to improve his presentation skills. And that way, that's a talk that was at DevSpace, and I had already sat in it, so to speak, uh, so I could do another thing and was able to even um, hear more talks from DevSpace, so to speak. So I thought that was another helpful thing we have been doing before conferences is just presenting in front of others and uh, learning in that way, but also helping them present better mm-hmm. in that way. Okay. Yeah, that's part of the selection process, too. You kind of alluded to it there a little bit, um, is if, you, if you're looking to present, you or someone on your team, targeting the smaller conferences uh, increases your chances you know, tenfold. You know? Right. Yeah. Um, you're not going to, you're probably not just going to, if you don't present a lot, you're not just going to be able to present at WWDC or build right. yeah. or RailsConf. Like right. it's just not going to happen. Yeah. That, so. I didn't realize that years ago when I was brand new to Ruby, I wanted to go to one of the conferences in California and I sent in an intro presentation. Like, it was, I don't know, it was some sort of semi-personal thing. Like what it's like learning Ruby when Ruby's 10 years old and everybody else already knows how. <laughs> and it got rejected and they said they had a blind review. So I hit them up asking for some tips. Like, you know, what did I miss? And, the basic feedback was uh, this is a fairly expensive destination conference that mostly serves senior developers, and I don't think many people are going to be happy paying $500 to hear you give this talk. <laughs> I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I would have liked to get in anyway, but yeah, I couldn't yeah. argue with that explanation. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, makes sense. There's, I mean, there's, there's something to be said, though, for especially like smaller conferences that are especially first-year or second-year conferences – uh, they're just in the same way that it is difficult to get into a large conference. It can be difficult for a small conference to attract, uh, good speakers. And so it's a really great way to sort of build your, uh, Mm -hmm. abilities as a speaker is to just go to some of those and, you know, I mean, just submit, you know, a session or two and Mm -hmm. realize that any sort of, uh, nervousness you might have, it's like, well, Everyone was at that point at some time. So, right. Uh, I intentionally did not submit uh, last year, <laughs> and you guys all encouraged slash shamed me into. No, I'm just kidding. But you guys did all encourage me to do an open space on podcasting. Yeah, yeah. which I think uh, really helped a lot of people, and I I really enjoyed it. Uh, it was helpful for this podcast as we talked to others who had technical podcasts, different development podcasts, and just kind of share tips of the trade and best practices and stuff like that. Um, so open spaces can be really helpful if your your conference that you're going to is doing that as well. Yeah, and if you're not familiar, open yeah. spaces, can you explain what that is, Ben? Yeah, um, just a, sort of an open spot in one hour of the track, right, where someone can uh, write. I think the way they did it at DevSpace was you could write your topic in one of the slots. And I want to say they had three or four spots uh, in, the, in any given hour. Mm-hmm. So if you didn't prepare uh, or sign up for something ahead of time, you could say, in this space, we're going to talk about in this example, podcasting. And so I sort of faux presented, but also just kind of led a discussion really uh, in yep. that space, uh, which was really helpful, I think, for for a lot of the folks that showed up. Yeah, those can be really, uh, really insightful just because they're usually very off-topic sort of things like podcasting, right? Like yeah. you don't go to a dev conference generally expecting to learn about the intricacies of right. podcasting right. and like how to market yourself or how to 
how to do all these things. Yeah. And uh, it so felt it, a little more discussiony to to me, which I yeah. think was helpful with that topic in particular. So, so Jess, yeah. you mentioned marketing, uh, yeah, promoting yourself. Mm-hmm. I, I got to admit, for that open space, I kind of spent a lot of time thinking about how to make it succeed. Like I knew other podcasters who were on site, mm-hmm. and I tried to get all of our team to come sit around Ben to present what looked like a, a, route, a lively crowd. And then when the people I knew were podcasters walked by, I yelled at them and asked them to come sit next to us. So yeah. <laughs> we wound up having like 20 people sitting around listening to Ben talk about podcasts by the end. And that can help. I don't know how to do that in terms of other things, but as far as getting an open space going, yeah. if you if you know for a fact certain people would be into it, then... Don't be yeah, shy about there are much getting more them in casual, there to help out. Much more casual uh, conversation as well. Yeah. And the uh, as and another I, example, there there was a test a test driven development TDD mm-hmm. um, talk that was pre submitted in the conference, and then so, the same person who did that um, did a open space later mm-hmm. for a specific. It was the bowling game kata, which mm-hmm. we heard about in the talk, and oh, then cool. everyone sort of worked through that together in the open space. So that was a good I, use of open spaces as well. Not, not not to derail totally on open spaces, mm-hmm. but some of my first experiences at a conference that was actually at DevLink, um, I went to open space sessions, and the way it was presented was, hey, inst- basically talk to speakers here. Mm-hmm. Right. The, the, the same experiences that may have gone on in like the speakers lounge can happen right here in the open space area, okay. and you can sort of sit down with people and... It's very casual, but it's yeah. It just just sort of you can throw questions out or mm-hmm. just you know sort of hear and gain knowledge from people right. who are you know working with something like that. And so I got a lot of value from some of the open spaces early on. I guess that makes sense in a conference like you described earlier, where all the presenters are first party people working at the big or company. Even or... this was at a this was at a local regional conference. Oh, okay, um, but it was. There was, uh, it feels like some of the local conferences haven't had as much uh, focus on uh, the open spaces as they did then. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But there was still, you know, like like Ben said, you know, having like where someone presents on uh, TDD and then they go and have an open space on it as well. Mm -hmm. Right. It's you sort of get to follow up versus, you know, everyone crowding around and asking questions after the session is Mm -hmm. over. Yes. So. Listen to you guys talk a bit about planning and doing uh, test uh, dry runs of your presentation and deciding who's going to go to what and getting together afterwards. It's got me feeling a sort of spectrum of engagement and just plain work on site. Sometimes, especially for smaller conferences, if I'm paying my own way, I just show up and meet people and talk to people and have fun. Right. I might be more excited about the after party or meeting somebody and going out to lunch or whatever as opposed to... Yeah, definitely make a time of it, a personal time as well, right? It's not only for learning. Like making those connections is super important. You know, I've met people over the years from plenty of different Mm -hmm, companies mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. have moved on to other companies, and having those relationships is great. And uh, knowing, and and you just learn a lot as well. Like there's just a lot of different discussions happening, and it's just it's nice to kind of just market yourself as well, just Mm -hmm. to be like, hey, you know, here's what I'm doing, and they may think of you next time they're doing something, and. That and uh, and you know you never know you might start a startup with one of these guys one day or maybe try to get them to come work for you or them to work for, you know you work for them or something so yeah I definitely feel a bit more pressure to be professional and pay attention and show up and take notes if somebody else is paying my way for a conference if I just show up for fun on my own then you know, whatever yeah so do you guys take notes 
I note did. taking. Is <laughs> I mean, it? I do. Yeah. Go ahead, Ben. Well, I mean, approach. I, yeah, my approach. <laughs> a, a lot of times when I'm listening to any talk, I will write questions I have down and then go up and ask afterwards more mm-hmm. than anything. So uh, usually speakers will provide their notes right. or, or their slides, sorry, uh, before or even after. And mm-hmm. so that's mm-hmm. always helpful in terms of content. I tend to take more notes about here's how I could apply this, or here's what question I have to fill in a hole on something they said, or I really need to follow up on this. How do you do it, Mo? I think, so it's varied uh, over the years. Uh, I remember some of the first few that I went to, I was sort of writing down everything I heard, Mm -hmm. partially because it was the first conference or two I'd been to. And so I didn't know if I would even be able to get access to the slides afterwards or anything like that, or if it was more of a, hands-on presentation where there weren't many slides, there's a lot to be said for, you know, taking note of what they did because you might get the code afterwards, but you don't, yeah, you know, something like true. that. But um, I think more what I do lately is I listen for like resources. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, it's good. Uh, Craig, I, what, what's uh, Craig's last name on the, the post? Kirsten's. Huh? Kirsten's. Yes. Kirsten's. Uh, Craig Kirstens last year spoke at DevSpace on Postgres, mm-hmm. and he mentioned a few. He had uh, some really good tips around you know using Postgres, and he mentioned PSQL. But he also said, "Hey, and this is a really good uh, resource, like a link. This is a really good um, newsletter, things like that. That's just yeah. like you know, because I suspected that some of the presentation materials would be posted later. Right. I could review those, but." those links and those resources, those tips are the things that's like, okay, that is where I can continue mm-hmm. to learn right. after the presentation is over. Yeah. I really like that stuff. It, like the incidentals you pick up. I'm yeah. often not yeah. as concerned about the specific things someone's demonstrating or discussing as I am just what does someone who's really into that do exactly on the back in the, on the edges. Yeah. 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 I used to take notes and then I realized I never went back to them. So I, <laughs> I have a pretty good memory. So a lot of it is mostly just because I don't I don't tend to forget a lot of what I saw. And so right. I just I'll take notes of like the incidentals. Like if someone's like, Yeah, and I read this book and like it's not on a slide anywhere mm-hmm. and it's not a particularly easy name to remember, like I'll right. write it down. I'm like, Oh yeah, that book I might want to look at that book. Um but past that I I don't, but I, it's not that I wouldn't recommend you taking notes. I used to take notes mm-hmm. when I first went to conferences, mostly because it felt like, sort of like what Daniel said, someone was paying for me to be there, mm-hmm. and I took notes. But then I realized, like, you know, when I find them in like, a documents folder three years later, I've literally never opened it. I'm like, <laughs> well, okay, I guess maybe I didn't need these notes after all. And so I've sort of just changed my tactics to be very specific, you know, things that I think I'll forget. Um, for what it's worth, it's fairly commonly held that, Writing things down helps you memorize them, even if you don't have to go back and review them. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would plus one that. Uh, the weakest pin is stronger than the strongest memory. Hmm. Next pin. That was deep. I, I mean, it, it is. Like, I have a fairly good memory, too, when I'm really trying. Um, but the act of writing it down, even if I never refer to it later, helps me remember it. Yeah. So take Ben with you and have him write everything down. There you go. <laughs> no, and I don't, Mo, you said, you know, I used to as well uh, write almost everything that they said down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've tried to nine times out of ten, and there are some exceptions, obviously, um, only write down new information. Like if I already knew it and they said it, I don't need yeah. to write that yeah. down. Okay. Are you pen and paper or digital? Digital. <gasps> and that doesn't work for me at all. Paper. I can't type quickly the, i just i yeah. like the digital notes I can't because write i can quickly. search them you know i yes. like the searchability search is yeah. great. but there is something to be said for 
the way that my brain works with memory and mm-hmm. writing down versus yeah. Yeah. typing. And if I have a laptop so, open during a talk, I'm going to be off in space within yeah, seconds. Right. Nice. So you guys mentioned asking questions. Mm-hmm. And that's something that you hear some, some drama about, like real questions versus disguised questions where someone's just grandstanding. Do you have any kind of experiences or suggestions on that? Personally, I mostly wait until the talk's over and try to approach the speaker and talk to them one-on-one if Same I can. Yeah. I guess yeah. it's possible yeah. to be a situation where that's not going to work if there's 500 people with one really popular speaker. Mm-hmm. But Yeah, occasionally I, ch- I try to sit close usually like first couple rows mostly because i don't have the best vision Mm -hmm. but also um occasionally it's it's worked out like you know um helping helping a speaker through a tough time they've pasted something badly Mm -hmm. like that can really derail someone so if you're like yeah semicolon line 34 they're like like, yeah like you know you don't i try try not to say anything until they're clearly Mm -hmm. stuck or something yeah but uh, i try not to say anything during the conference usually unless it's like helping them out of a bind, but I, I try to go afterwards to ask questions. Yeah, that's uh, very kind of you, Jesse. Yeah. Like, that really is helpful, because when you're live coding, it can be really uh-huh. stressful. Yeah. And even that, yeah, I think maybe you were hinting at this, like, don't tell them when they miss a semicolon until they get stuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't like, want to make it sound you. like I was like, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, you need a semicolon there. Like, no, 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 no. Just only if they're like, uh, I don't know what's happening. Yeah. You know, if they've called for help, try to help. Yeah. In terms of asking questions, if you don't do it privately, which mm-hmm. usually that's what I do also, you mentioned that, Daniel. Yeah. If you're doing it sort of in the group, like they, you know, open the floor for questions at the end, um, a good rule of thumb, a good general rule about questions is that they end with a question mark and they are not statements. <laughs> oh. I, so people struggle with that. I don't, yeah, I've yeah. never really understood it, but, but people struggle yeah. with that. That's yeah. the hardest thing for me. I, I don't really like staying after unless I have a question because it's really hard to, to hear some of the mm-hmm. quote yep. questions come out of paragraph. other people's. Yeah, yeah. Some people are like, I had this very specific instance 10 years ago and mm-hmm. this didn't work or out. That, Can you help yeah. me like fix it? And I'm like, wow, okay, I'm yeah. out. Like, that, <laughs> it can be hard in the audience to hear what the person on the other side of the room even said. If you're a speaker and you're answering a question, it helps to paraphrase it before you respond. That's true. But yeah, yeah they often wind up being weird gotchas or personal yes. tricks that yes. nobody else is going to be into. My, I definitely my, don't ask it in the group if it's not going to be beneficial to more yeah. than just me. I, my, my threading presentation last year had a lot of very detailed, you know, like there there was no way that I would be able to solve this problem or help them through it without having a debugger mm-hmm. in their code. <laughs> right. So it's like, yeah, 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 here's some general tips, but you know, so yeah. yeah. So we've kind of worked through our outline here. We talked about how to choose a conference, uh, what you do before or the pre-conference sort of ritual. And then uh, we've even talked a little bit about during choosing different tracks and taking notes and things like that. What about after? Are there important things we do after the conference? Before we jump to after, one mm. last thing. <laughs> don't be afraid to take breaks during the thing. Oh, like, yeah, I think it's yeah. important. Like, don't If it's your first time going to a conference, mm-hmm. you feel like you need to pick a session every time there's an opening, mm-hmm. don't. Like, you're going to weigh yourself out. Yeah. There's going to be some that yeah. are less interesting. Just take the time off. Like, maybe you just relax and code or go back to the hotel room, take a nap. Or maybe yeah. you go to an open space that's a lot more... Relaxing, so I think it's important to you know just mm-hmm. at least say that out loud. It's yeah. especially important at one that is multiple days. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it may have it probably cost more, but you also won't get as much if you're totally if you're burned out. out. Yeah, you got to think of it like a marathon. <laughs> if, yeah, if you get yeah. if you get burned out on day two and get sick and waste days three and four. That's going to be a bummer. Getting sick happens a lot at conferences, too. Yeah. <laughs> Wash your hands. Yeah, yeah, don't touch anything or talk to anyone. Carry your own uh, mask <laughs> yeah, and Take sanitizer. showers, deodorant. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. like, be a human. <laughs> Wash other people's hands. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I agree about taking breaks. So usually, especially for a two-day conference, 
by the second day, I usually am just flamed out by halfway through and just kind of hang out in the hallway and talk to people I've already met. So I don't do have the stamina for it, too. What do I do? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, on the note of after, I think one thing we've done a really good job of here... Um, is some sort of shared learning opportunity afterwards. Yes. And that doesn't just happen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, you have to plan to do that. That's right. Um, So sometimes that'll be lunch and learns that we put on about talks Mm -hmm. we heard. Mm -hmm. Um, One time, I remember from DevSace last year, it turned into an It Depends episode. Yeah. Uh, Brian and Steven and I talked about Scrum and and, uh, project management for a whole episode uh, earlier on in this podcast feed. And that was as a result of Brian and Steven going to a talk at DevSpace. One of the things that... um, I try to do is essentially I'm talking about scrum, a retrospective on the session or not the session, the yeah. conference. Yeah. Uh, what went well, what uh, didn't go so well and what could we do better? You know, just right. sort of like, okay, for next year, exactly. Next year plan for, that. you know, if we're going to go to this conference again, what should we do differently? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, th- and there's all sorts of learnings, you know, it's like if you presented, then what could you have done better as a presenter? If you, um, so there was some sessions where it's like, you you didn't know the technology. Maybe mm-hmm. uh, it's like action items for afterwards. Like we need to read up on this more. Right, I hadn't heard about it, about it before this conference. You know, uh, th- there's lots of things that you can do, but sort of take, just treat it as if it was something you were doing at work. Yeah, and what what can you learn from it? Mm-hmm. You mentioned retro at a conference level, which is definitely great. And I would say, you know, we, we try to spread ourselves out as far as sessions go. But if you do find yourself in a session with a coworker, you should retro after that session, too. Like, if that's really relevant to what you work on, yeah. you're going to be able to think better together about it than you are by yourself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. In, in doing that as well, you usually remember more yeah. by talking yeah. about it afterwards with Absolutely. someone. So mm-hmm. sometimes if it's a talk that is very specific to something you're working on and you really want to learn it, it might be better to, you know, pair up to go to that session together. Yep. Agreed. Makes sense. Well, I think that about wraps it up. Uh, I guess we should just mention that we are going to Southeast Ruby in October, uh, and Daniel is going to be presenting there. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Uh, sure. So I gave a quick lightning talk at a conference about six months ago on chatbots because chatbots are super fun, and... It got a lot more audience interaction than any of the other topics I've given like full-size talks on ever. So that kind of stuck with me, and it motivated me to start thinking about those more often. And mm-hmm. I've started writing a book on them, but also submitted to this conference. And luckily, I'm going to get to talk about it to a crowd of Rubyists about chatbots in Ruby in Very October. Cool. I so, look forward to seeing that before the conference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So catch us at Southeast Ruby in October. If you've heard something helpful for you uh, on this episode, please feel free to share this episode on social media, either on Facebook or Twitter. And you can always reach out to us at Clear Function or hashtag It Depends on Twitter. Thanks, guys. See you next week. Thank you. You've been listening to It Depends, a podcast by Clear Function. Clear Function is a group of happy engineers based in Memphis, Tennessee. We partner with visionaries to bring their ideas to life. For more information, check out our website at clearfunction.com.